right, good morning, everyone. Woo! What a way to start the new year off, man. Jeez. It's such a blessing that we get to start the new year off in God's truth. To have a solid foundation as we enter into this new year. What a blessing it is. Well, hey, some of you may know uh, or may not know, my name is Andreas, and I am blessed with being one of the pastors here at Vertical Church. And uh, it's a new year, right? And for some of us, we're coming in and we're thinking, hey, we're glad 2022 is behind us. And there's some of us and we're like, I'm not looking forward to 2023, (laughs) right? Well, I, I hope that for the next few minutes that we can just sit back and listen to what God's word has to tell us as we enter into this new year and let it bring us joy and encouragement as we dive into this new year, all right? Well, we'll be jumping into a new series this month called Breaking Free from, or I'm sorry, what is it? Unleash, Breaking Free from Normalcy. Uh, We have become leashed to all the stuff around us. We are leashed to the world, and God is telling us to live, cultural beliefs, society, and its accepted way. We've become leashed by our possessions, pleasure, and performance. What if I was to tell you that you can unleash your life, that you can unleash your life from all that robs you? And that you could seek out the best life possible. Unleash your life from everything that is holding you down or holding you back. When do you want to know how and to take the first step in doing so? I don't know about you, but sometimes when I hear people say that, I'm like, dude, this sounds like a commercial. (laughs) Right? Right? Like, dude, that's too good to be true. Well, here's the reality with Jesus. It isn't too good to be true. And that's the truth. And so today we're going to be talking about Jesus. We're going to be talking about how the world holds us down. It puts a leash around our necks. And one of the biggest ways the world does this is by telling us false truths, telling us lies. How many times in our world today that, I mean, take a moment with me. Take a second real quick. Ask yourself, how many times have you heard something in our culture and it's torn you down? How many times have you heard something in culture and it has not pointed you towards Jesus? It's pointing you in the opposite direction. It happens every day. I'm going to put a few statements up on the screens that these are statements that I keep hearing over and over and over and over again. And the reality is as as believers, sometimes we fall prey to these lies. Some of us in this room, we we may not even think these are lies. But really, if we dive to the depths of these statements, think about it. You only have one life. Make the most of it. Listen, as believers in Jesus Christ, the reality is we don't only have one life. We have glory awaiting us. Another statement that the world tells us is your best life is now. I sure hope my best life isn't now because I know glory awaits me. The world also tells us that uh, live your best life now. I don't want to live my best life now. It says become a better version of yourself. I don't want to become a better version of myself. Why? Why? Because I'm a sinful man. I'm broken. I'm wicked. I want to become more like Jesus. I don't want to become a better version of myself. It also tells us to become the best version of ourselves. That's malarkey. That's garbage. Okay, can can we all be honest? It's just horrible. These are truths that the world is, or false truths that the world is trying to shove down our throats. And it is seeping into churches all across the country. It really is. If you look at other churches, their sermon series, it's talking about live your best life now. No. There are pastors that have written books that say live your best life now. No. 
My best life is going to be in glory. So these statements, they're worldly. They're self-seeking and they are self-centered. At the core of all of these statements, in my opinion, is self. And I just want to draw attention to these statements because we're going to hear them the rest of 2023. This is what Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. What Jesus is saying in this verse is he's saying, for those of us in this room who believe in Jesus, we are going to have what? Trouble. Life isn't going to be all, all roses and peachy. It's going to be tough. As believers in Jesus, we are going to face trouble, persecution, rejection, difficulties, trials, temptation, pain, suffering, sorrow, sickness, and even physical death. So maybe you've walked into this room and someone's told you, hey, come to Jesus. Life's going to be peachy. Reality is it's not. It's going to become more difficult. But it's also going to become more amazing in the fact that you know the one who created you, who formed you in your mother's womb, and who has saved you and redeemed you. It's not about your best life now. It's not. It's about becoming more like Jesus Christ. And so instead of us asking the question, how can I live my best life now, or how can I become a better version of myself, we need to ask the question, how can I become more like Jesus Christ? How can I become more like the one who has saved me and who has redeemed me, who has given me new life? We should not want to become more like ourselves. The scripture is very clear that we should desire to become more like Jesus. And so in 2023, let's become more like Jesus and less like ourselves. Let's put on the new self and get rid of the old self. This is going to lead us to our passage today in John chapter 10. John chapter 10 is going to address how do we become more like Jesus. The book of John was written by a man named John. John. John wrote the book of John. And all throughout scripture you'll notice that he's called the beloved disciple. He also wrote the book of Revelation and he had a big part in the early church. He was also one of the few, he was the only disciple that ultimately uh, wasn't put to death. They attempted to do it, but he ultimately ended up on an island called uh, Patmos, and he wrote the book of Revelation. So that's where we're going to be today is John chapter 10. But in John chapter 9, Jesus is, uh, is having a discussion with the Pharisees. And in John chapter 9, Jesus heals a man who was born blind. And the Pharisees are like, whoa, why'd you do that? You know, was this man sinful, etc." And then it, we, we, we go further into John chapter 10, and Jesus is still discussing and trying to share truth with the Pharisees. And as he's trying to share truth with the Pharisees, he starts to talk about sheep and a shepherd. And so John chapter 10, it's all about sheep and a shepherd, okay? He uses these analogies, these metaphors to portray truth, okay? And so as we look at John chapter 10, that's where we're going to see some sheep and shepherd. And when I think about sheep and shepherds, and, and I tend to think about a modern-day metaphor for that would be like children, right? Children need homes, they need protection, they need guidance, and the reality is every single one of us in this room, we need that as well, even as adults. And so all throughout Scripture, you'll see that we uh, believers are discussed as being sheep. Even the unbelievers are discussed as being sheep. And so that's where we're going to be, and, and I can remember a time, you know, as sheep, what do sheep do? They wander off, right, easily. And as kids, how many of us as kids, we wandered off? 
I remember a time my twin brother, I have an identical twin brother. Believe it or not, there's two of us. <laughs> Mind blown. You're all like, why did God do that? <laughs> hey, I'm thankful for my twin brother. I love him. He's probably going to listen to this message later. Anyway, there's two of us, believe it or not. And there's a thing called the Twins Days Festival. It's in uh, Twinsburg, Ohio. And him and I, we've gone ever since we were six months old. It's kind of our mom's thing, you know, she loves it. And uh, man, we were like seven years old. We went one year and he ended up wandering off. And my mom's freaking out. She's losing it. I mean, you're ta- there's over 2,000 sets of twins there, tons of people. It's like a festival. It's crazy. She's losing it. And our lady, a lady comes up to my mom. She said, hey, are you missing a son? And she said, yeah, how did you know? Oh, because he looks just like him. So, see, that, that happens, though. We wander off easily. My twin brother just, I don't even know how he wandered off. We were young. He just wandered off. But as sheep, as us, all of us in this room, we are sheep. We tend to wander off in life. And we try to figure out what is the best way we can go. What's the best direction we can go? Without ever thinking to ourselves, what does Jesus want me to do? How can I become more like Jesus instead of doing what I want to do? And so this is going to lead us to our passage, John chapter 10. Let's read it, verses 1 to 10. It says, very truly I tell you, Pharisees, this is Jesus speaking, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is like the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Verse 6 says, Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Verse 10 says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to have life to the fullest. I don't want to have life to where the world says this is the best life for you. I want to have the best life God says is the best life for me. That's what I want. And this is what uh, John is trying to, uh, to, Jesus is trying to share in the book of John is that he wants for his believers to experience the fullness of life, abundant life. And so the way that we can experience and, 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 and have abundant life is by becoming more like Jesus. When we become more like Jesus, stuff starts to change. We start to really understand what life is all about. We start to understand the meaning behind everything because we know God is sovereign and over everything. And so this leads us to two action steps. In order for us to become more like Jesus, two things need to take place. First thing is this. We need to listen to what he says. It's that simple. We need to listen to what Jesus says. In verse 3, it says this. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. The sheep are listening. They know. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. In this verse, Jesus points out that sheep only listen to the voice of their shepherd. 
It's insane. Like, sheep have this, like, insane ability to only know the voice of their one true shepherd. They're expert listeners. They can discern who the real shepherd is and who the, the, the false shepherd is. They know. The question I want to ask us all this morning, including myself, is are we experts at listening to Jesus' voice? Are we able to discern that this is the true shepherd's voice and this is the world or this is a false shepherd? Can we discern it? Can we tell? During World War I, there were some soldiers that tried to steal a flock of sheep uh, over in Jerusalem from a shepherd. Okay? I imagine it was probably crazy. Like trying to gather. I don't even understand why they were stealing them, but they were. Okay? There's, who would want sheep? Anyway, so they're stealing these sheep, right? And all of a sudden, the shepherd wakes up from his nap. And these, these sheep are further on down the road, and he, he yells out. He has this distinct call, and the sheep all start to go back towards their true shepherd. And the soldiers can't do anything. They can't, they can't gather all the sheep together. They had no control over these sheep because the sheep knew the shepherd's call. The sheep knew the shepherd's voice. Are we experts at knowing our shepherd's voice? This leads us to the question, why do we need the shepherd's voice? Why do we need the good shepherd's voice? Why do we need Jesus' voice? Well, here's the reality. Sheep aren't the brightest. Some of you may or may not know that. I don't know. My wife and I, in, in, uh, behind our house, we have goats, okay? And goats aren't the brightest either, all right? I've, I've, been blow, I've never had been around goats or sheep, really. And since we, where we live now, we have them behind us. I'm blown away about how stupid they are. Like, there's like... I swear, it's like, it's insane. Absolutely insane. I'm sure some of you in this room have had an experience with one of those two. Anyway, they're crazy. They're stupid. And, uh, and the reality is, if we really think about it, we're not the brightest either. You know, Scripture says that we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that at times we fall, flesh to, our, we fall to our flesh. We make decisions we know we shouldn't make. We do things we know we shouldn't do. And so in that, in that regard, we are like sheep. We are not the brightest. I, I read a story preparing for today about a farmer. He said, if, you know, if you put all your sheep in a barn and you, you put out a, a nice tight wire, nice tight rope outside the door, the first few sheep will jump over that rope. And then if you cut that rope before the other sheep see it and you lay it down, they're still going to jump like there's a rope there. But there isn't a rope. Like sheep are just not the brightest in the world. Here's another reason why we need the shepherd's voice. Sheep have no sense of direction. No sense of direction. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier about us wondering. We just do what we want to do. How many of us have heard the question, you know, your friend jumps off a cliff, would you do it too? Or if your friend jumped off a bridge, would you do it too? My mom used to tell me that all the time. Like, if your friend was to do this, would you do it? I'm like, uh, no. No. But here's the reality. Sheep do it. In 2015, I remember uh, in high school, I read a story uh, about uh, a sheep that was in Istanbul, Turkey. And the sheep was literally heading towards a cliff by himself and ended up falling off a cliff. And you know what all of his friends decided to do? All 1,500 of the other sheep in there, there? They decide to follow him. 450 sheep end up dying. And the rest survive only because there was some protection at the bottom 
from the other sheep. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Sheep have no sense of direction. They have no idea what they're doing. And if we really think about it, we don't know what we're doing. If we don't have Jesus as our guide, as our light, as the one who's directing us and guiding us, we have no idea what we're doing. We think we do. There's, there's many of us in this room, we think we do. We got it. We know what the best life is. We're aiming for we, We've set all these goals. We're going to hit all these goals. And then something happens, and our lives explode because we did not have that foundation of Jesus Christ. We did not have that firm rock of Jesus We need to put aside our pride and surrender to the one who's truly in control. The last thing about sheep, sheep are defenseless. You know, if you really think about sheep have no fangs, they have no claws, they have no horns. Like, if a wild animal wanted to go in and take some sheep out, they could do it easily, right? Sheep really only have two things in their arsenal. They, They run together usually in a pack but they have no idea where they're going because they have no sense of direction. And then some of them kick. Some of them kick. Okay, that's great, but that ain't going to do anything when a wolf comes in or a wild animal comes in to take you out. And really, the same for us. We're defenseless. We are defenseless when it comes to the spiritual realm, when it comes to um, the, the attacks of the enemy, when it comes to things just in this world, we are defenseless. We are weak. And we need the good shepherd. We need the great shepherd to protect us, to direct us, and to guide us. You know, going back to that story about the sheep that uh, fell off the, the cliff in Istanbul, Turkey, the, the reason that that happened, the reason that that occurred, was because the shepherds who were watching over these sheep, they went to go have breakfast. And they totally forgot about the sheep. And it ended up costing this small town in Istanbul, Turkey, over $100,000. And many of us know that's not a really wealthy region of the world. At least this small village wasn't. What I love about Jesus is that he is the better shepherd. He's better than those shepherds in Istanbul, Turkey. He's not going to let you fall off a cliff. He may allow it to happen, so he wakes you up. So he grabs a hold of you and says, hey... This is, this is the direction you need to go. Not over here, over here. But he's the one who is constantly watching over you, protecting you. He knows everything about you. He cares for you and I. He cares so much that he would lay down his life for you. None of us in this room would lay down our life for a sheep. None of us. A random sheep, none of us would do it. But Jesus does it. Because every single one of us in this room is a sheep. We wander, we, we, we're defenseless. We have no sense of direction. But Jesus was so willing to lay down his life for us. Praise the Lord. So when it comes to the fact that we know we need the shepherd's voice, how can we hear the shepherd's voice? How, do, how can we tell if it's the shepherd's voice or not? This can be simple. It's reading God's word. If you know God's word, you know his voice. Also, if you've accepted Jesus, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know his voice. He's called you by name. So I want to encourage you, as this new year starts, get into the word of God. Start a year year plan. 
15 minutes a day, you're going to get through the word in a year. And it is going to be life-changing because you know what? By the end of the year, you're going to know, is this from God or not? Like, you're going you're gonna to be able to tell, like, hey, this doesn't make sense. This is from the world. And this is from God. So I'm going to follow this. God's word gives us clarity. If we didn't have this man, whoo, we'd be out of luck. I mean, we would still be able to tell different things about who God is and what God has done. But I love that God gave us this so we can know certain things about him, his attributes, his characteristics, what he's done. I plead with you, if, you, if you've never read through the entire word, read through it. It's amazing. I know there's going to be parts where you get, you know, Leviticus and different passages, chapters, books in the Old Testament. You push through it. Why? Because it's God's word and it's truth. And it's going to help you discern what's truth and what's not. So read God's word. So we're listening to Jesus, and, and when we listen to Jesus, it helps us understand what he wants us to do. And this leads us to our second action step. Do what Jesus says. In verse 4, he says this. John said this, Jesus speaking. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. When you think about a sheep following a shepherd, that sheep is going to do what that shepherd wants, and what he tells that sheep to do. Same thing. Jesus is telling each of us in this room, he's like, hey, you're listening to my voice? You got to do what I'm telling you to do because I know the best life for you. I already know everything about you, and I know the best life for you. I'm the one who's going to give you abundant life. I'm the one who's going to give you life to the fullest. I mean, imagine a musician, for example, imagine a musician who ignores his conductor. Makes no sense. A soldier who disobeys his commander. A reporter who covers his eyes and ears when he's on TV. These situations are hard to imagine for us. But we can all imagine a sheep that disobeys his shepherd. We need to listen to our conductor, our commander, our savior, our redeemer. He knows what's best for you. He knows what's best for me. So what does it mean to do what Jesus says? I love how uh, James, the brother of Jesus, puts it. He says this in James 1.22. He says, do not merely listen to the word. Don't merely listen. And so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. That's straight. That's cut and dry. That's like, hey, don't just listen. Do it. Do what it says. And then he, he goes on and he says this. Uh, later on in the chapter, uh, verse 23 says, If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and preserves, being no, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Amen. I don't know about you. But I don't want to be a man who looks intently in a mirror and totally forgets what he looks like. Unfortunately, I think for many of us, there's many of us in the church today, we're really good at listening. I mean, think about it. When someone comes up to you, you're like, I don't really want to talk to this person. But they just start spilling everything. Pretty good at listening. But what if they ask you to do something? What if they need your help? Are you just going to act like, hey, I just listened to you for like a half an hour, an hour, Dude, I'm gone. Or I'm going to stay here. I'm going to help you. I'm going to do it. 
our actions truly do speak louder than our words. We need to be people that do and not just listen. This is where the rubber meets the road. It's simple. Obey. Obey. We know that, you know, our obedience and, 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 and our doing, that's not what saves us. It's Jesus who has saved us and redeemed us. Why has he saved us and redeemed us? He saved us so that we would do good works. So we would go out and reach others for Jesus. So we would go out and be a light in our dark world. So that we would go out and be a light in Fort Branch, in Evansville, wherever, and reach people for Jesus. We need to be doers of the word. Some of us, you know, like I said, we're good at listening. We know, hey, probably shouldn't look at pornography. Probably shouldn't be cheating on my wife. Probably shouldn't be doing this. Probably shouldn't be doing that. Well, then don't do it. Do what the word says. Walk by the spirit and not by the flesh, Galatians chapter 5. Walk by the spirit. Do what the word says. I love what uh, uh, 1 Samuel 15, 22 says. It says this, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. He loves when you obey. He loves, let's be honest, he loves when you do what he says to do. And you know what? Better than that, he knows that it's going to lead to your best life possible. That's one of the biggest reasons he gave us this word is that he wants us to live a life that is abundant. And the way that we do that is by listening to his voice and doing what he says to do. That's how we're going to experience the abundant life. And that's how we're going to become more like Jesus Christ. That's why uh, Paul could say in Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gained. Why? Because Paul understood that it was about becoming like Jesus and not like Paul. And I hope each of us can say that, to live is Christ and to die is gained. So here's the bottom line for this morning. Instead of becoming the best version of yourself, Instead of becoming, living your best life now, become more like Jesus. Become more like Jesus. It's simple. You become more like Jesus when you listen to his, listen to his voice and you do what he says. Scripture's that clear, cut, and dry. It's right there. There's some, of, some individuals in this room who don't yet have a relationship with Jesus. Here's the reality. If you're not a child of God, this is your best life. This is your best life if you don't know Jesus. Why? Because the Bible says that for those who don't believe upon the name of Jesus, they will live in a perpetual state of death called hell. But for those of us who are children of God and have surrendered to him and believe in his name, our best life is still to come. And boy, I can't wait. Every time I'm driving on a road and I see a pothole, every time I see a tree that has fallen down, every time I see something on the news, breaking news, something horrific happens, I'm reminded that this is not my home. My home is in glory with God Almighty, the one who created me, redeemed me, and saved me. As we go into 2023, we need to remind ourselves of this simple truth. This place is not our home. We're just passing on by. There's a man, when I, when I was in Bible college, I read this quote, it was by a man named C.T. Studd. I always tell myself, the dude must have been a stud, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, 
do it. He probably was. He was a famous cricket player. He became a missionary. And he said this, and I hope for those of us who believe in Jesus, we grab hold of this. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Jesus Christ will last. So let's not tell ourselves we need to live our best life now. Let's not tell ourselves we need to become the better version of ourselves or the best version of ourselves. Let's tell ourselves there's only one life to soon be passed. Only what's done for Jesus Christ will last. So whatever you and I do, we need to make sure we're doing it for Jesus. When it comes to raising our families, are we doing it for Jesus? Are we doing it so we can be like the Joneses or the Smiths? When it comes to our jobs when we're going to work, are we doing it for our own glory? Are we doing it for our paychecks? Or are we doing it to glorify Jesus and to lead our coworkers to Jesus? When it comes to being in school, are we getting straight A's for ourselves and to be impressive and to tell our parents, hey, yo, I got straight A's. You gonna, gonna give me a PlayStation or something? No, you're doing it to bring glory and honor to Jesus and to reach other students for Jesus. This is why we should be doing what we do because we do truly only have one life here on this earth. We are passing by. Our better life is coming. And Lord willing, we can bring a lot more people with us. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Jesus Christ will last. It's not about your best life now. It's about becoming like Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that as we come into 2023, we can have your word as our foundation, as truth. Because we all know in this room that the world is going to throw garbage in our face. It is going to try to leash us down. But I pray that in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would break the leashes, that you would break the strongholds, that the gospel would reign true in Vertical Church, in Fort Branch, in Evansville, and in this world. Lord Jesus, we pray. We pray, Father, we know we are sheep, and it's so easy for us to go astray, but we pray that we would hear our shepherd's voice that we would listen to you and that we would do what you call us to do because we know you have our best life in mind. Your word gives us solid direction, solid guidance. Help us to get into your word, to read it, to understand what it says and to live it out for your glory. Lord, we love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We appreciate you all joining us this morning. I'm gonna have the prayer team come up. If you need to pray about anything, As we go into this new year, they're up here, all right? Thank you all. God bless you.